Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, The X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. This is A Different Perspective with Kevin Randall. Kevin is a retired United States Army Lieutenant Colonel who has studied UFOs for more than 50 years. His military training has provided him with unique insight into military operations and UFO research. Kevin has investigated many of the most mysterious cases and has been consulted for dozens of documentaries and been interviewed on hundreds of radio and television programs about UFOs. Considered to be one of the leading experts on the Roswell UFO crash, Kevin has written more than 25 books about UFOs including Roswell in the 21st Century and Encounter in the Desert, a re-examination of the Socorro UFO landing. Now here's the host of A Different Perspective, 
Kevin Randall. And welcome to this edition of A Different Perspective. I'm Kevin Randall. I'll be joined in just a moment by John Burroughs. He had listened to, I guess, the interview I had done with Charles Halt a couple of weeks ago and uh, had some comments he wanted to make. And I, uh, he and I had a nice discussion and I was kind of agitated by it simply because we were using a lot of good things up that we could be using on the radio. So I invited him on the program to chat about him or chat about those things. Uh, as you probably know, John Burroughs served 27 years in the United States Air Force, both on active duty and in the reserve as a law enforcement flight chief, supervisor, patrolman, and a canine handler. His many deployments include Operation Iraqi Freedom. We called it Enduring Iraqi Freedom. And he has provided security for the President of the United States. He is one of the co-authors of Encounters, Counter in Rentals from Forest, along with Nick Pope and Jim Pettiston, who was also on the program not that long ago. John might be the first and only former military member to receive VA compensation for injuries sustained during a UFO encounter which I guess makes him unique in the world. John Burroughs, welcome to A Different Perspective. Kevin Randles, thanks for having me on. <laughs> well, we hadn't chatted for a while, so I thought it was time to bring you on. Okay. Uh, when we talked, you suggested I had been out of the loop on the Rendlesham Ford case for a couple of years, hadn't talked to you for a while, and right. were bringing up some very interesting points. Uh, one of which, uh, I'll just lead off with it, I'll probably should save it toward the end. Uh, you're no longer a believer in the extraterrestrial explanation for it? You've gone off in a different direction? Well, no, that's not totally correct. What, what I, I, when we had our discussion, I may have made you wonder about that. And I think other people may take away some of what I've looked at, talked about, as possibly the same way. But... First of all, to start with, no one really knows what we're dealing with, okay? Or should I add this? The general public is not sure what we're dealing with. There's all kinds of speculation, and there's all kinds of research going on, and then you have documents that support something's going on, but it doesn't really tell you what it really is. Well, we can say, we can say that something happened, and it transpired over three nights, you were involved in the first night with Jim Pettiston. There was a second night that involved a different cast of characters. And then the third night with Charles Halt and you again involved in the uh, approach of the craft. Is that correct? No, that, that is correct. That took years to establish that it happened. The main stuff happened over three nights. There was some stuff prior to the three nights and there was stuff after the three nights. But the stuff that got released to News of the World that talked about Halt, Williams, and all that happened over a three-night period, yes. And you say stuff happened before and stuff happened after. What sort of stuff happened in these peripheries? Well, there in one of the events that I had been given privy to was something happened, I believe, it was either late November. I think it was late November because I was home on leave. They were in your alert. Event, your event took place in December of 19, 1980, so you're talking uh, a few November weeks before. Of November of 1980, yes. Okay. Okay, so you're talking a few weeks before the, the yes. big event. Okay. There was an alert going on, and they had people po posted on PP Post to include there was post at Woodbridge, and an individual had an encounter with a, uh, some kind of anomaly or something uh, in the area of the PP Post that he had right there on the base perimeter fence line. 
So that was one. There's also some information that came out that prior, right prior to our event on the 25th and the 26th, the swing shift flight saw strange lights prior to us coming on. Now, that lights never in got the forest, lights in the forest, or lights in the sky. I believe it was lights in the forest. You know, okay. and they that never got passed on to us as far as the Woodbridge. I don't know who knew about it, but people from the flight have come forward saying that they had strange things going on prior to us coming on that night. Which Did you do was, shift change briefings? Well, they were brief. <laughs> you know, we were on Woodbridge, and you had to do a special posting, which took longer. So it was kind of like one of those, everybody jumped out, anything going on big? No. Or watch this in the dorms, that's going on. See, you got to go, bye. And they're on their way. <laughs> so... So they were brief, short and sweet. Well, yeah. I know when, when we were in Iraq, um, the shift change briefing at the 8 in the morning, for example, would take about 20 minutes to do. And it was a listing of what had happened overnight in the, in the entire theater. Well, we did uh, have guard mount. We had guard mount prior to posting, yes. But, but usually guard mount, unless something major happened on one of the other bases, didn't really cover it. You know, there wasn't like we... The, we went over different things that were going on so much. It just was, this is passed on from ops. This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Everybody fit for duty and we went on our way. But, but then when you would get on site, you would, um, you know, do a quick exchange as you switch swapped over vehicles and stuff, but nothing was mentioned that something happened during the swing shift when we came were, on. Were there, were there many of, many of these events prior to the main event or after the main event? Well, there, you, you'd have to say that different things did happen prior, different people seen stuff. Um, um, and this had been over the years, not just like in the last couple of months. So different people over the prior two or three, four years, even going back, if, if you go back in history in the 50s, there was a, there was a major UFO event that took place over there at Bentwaters Lake in East. They scrambled fighter aircraft after whatever it was. So that area had a history of strange activity, yes. Okay, so we're we're now back in December of 1980. Um, you're, uh, are you were you working with Penniston at the on the first night, or how did you come about to be with him on the first night? Well, we had security and law enforcement on both bases, um, so we were separate. He was security, I was law enforcement. That always gets screwed up too. Um, I was law enforcement, not security. He was security, not law enforcement. Um, he was the uh, supervisor in charge of the security over at Woodbridge. It was a small group of security over there. They had two Napas with aircraft. And um, so the big stuff went on over at Bentwaters. But there was a small contingent of like two arts and a couple ECPs and a, a supervisor, security supervisor. Then there were two law enforcement patrolmen and a gate guard at night on midnight so shift. You weren't really in his chain of command. You were in a different chain of command. Yeah. I, he, I, nothing. In fact, the only time we would ever work with them would be, we would have some, it was pretty crazy over there. We had a lot of stuff go down where we actually, sometimes we had to call security and to back us up because things were getting pretty rowdy. And, uh, so he, they would work with us. And if in an event, the base was attacked, and I can't go into all the details, then we would then fall under security where we would be involved 15 and 5 and different things like that. So so uh, on the, the the first night of the event, um, you're working law enforcement, he's working security. How did you guys link up to go out into the forest? 
Well, I mean, some of your listeners have never heard the story. Basically, I was on patrol with my supervisor. We saw strange lights in the forest. We went off base momentarily to see if we could identify what was going on. Didn't have a good feeling about it. Plus, we were off base. Called in to the law enforcement desk that something strange was going on, who patched us through to CSC. CSC then contacted Peniston to come down and check it out. Um, in theory, he, the security you know, is of the base falls under them. So they were the ones who were going to handle that part of it. And so he came down and saw the same strange things that we were seeing, and the decision was made then for a three-man team to go out into the forest. And you were on the three-man team with Peniston? And the third guy was? Uh, Ed Kabansak. And believe it or not, you were in the Air Force, right? It was his first night ever on flight. <laughs> Period. He had never been in another base. He'd just come out of basic and training. And that was his first night on flight. And all that went down. And so he was probably... Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Quite excited. No, and matter of fact, he was very calm as far as, like, reserved. Because you know how, well, maybe you weren't in law enforcement for our field, but we used to like to jeep him. We called it jeep him. And he'd been warned. He thought we were playing a joke. He even said that in interviews. He thought that there was some kind of joke happening where he was going to get, you know, jeeped is what we called it. So you go, you guys travel out into the forest and you see in front of you? Well, we, we, we followed... We went towards the direction of where we thought the lights were. We eventually encountered something in the forest area, and um, and then it, it lifted up and left, and then it went farther out towards the coast, and we followed it farther after that. Uh, rapidly? Was it high in the sky? The the guy that first saw it said it was descended into the forest. Um, I didn't see that part, um, but I did see the lights in the forest. When we first came up on it, it was down in the forest, on uh, close to the the forest floor or whatever. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break here. When we come back, I'm talking to John Burroughs about uh, the Rendlesham Forest case and some of the things that he disagrees, I think, with, with Charles Halt about what happened and how things all evolved that night. We'll get a little bit deeper into that and learn exactly where there's some various variations. I will have uh, additional information at the blog, www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. And take a look at Roswell in the 21st century if you're uh, interested in the Roswell case still, because I think there's some very interesting information uh, hidden away in that book as well. We will be back right after this, so please stick around.
It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by Shaman Worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes, seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Shamanic healing is the key to personal empowerment. Why? All four levels of our being, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, must be addressed for us to enjoy balanced, healthy, abundant lives. Yet there are few provisions for spiritual or energetic healing. Shamanism, found at the root of all cultures, is a very effective spiritual healing modality. To find quality shamanic healing you can trust, regardless of where you live, look no further than find your Path Home Long Distance Shamanic Healing Program. All Path Home Long Distance Healing Practitioners have been trained and certified through Path Home Shamanic Art School. Change your life. Live abundantly. Schedule a long-distance shamanic healing session with Gwilda Wiecka or one of her quality practitioners today at findyourpathhome.com. I am here with John Burroughs. We're talking Rendlesham Forest once again, trying to get his perspective on what happened. It was kind of generated by uh, the program we did with Charles Halda a few weeks ago. When we went away, I think John was moving toward the lights in the forest with uh, Jim Penniston. Uh, so you're, you, you, is there an object in front of you? Are you seeing just bright lights? Uh, what, what goes on once you get into the forest? That's one of the biggest, and we could talk a little bit about how technology and different things could affect our, our perception and stuff. Um, I never saw like an object. Like eventually, Peniston says he, that it turned into a triangular object. He walked around it, touched it. Later, he came back and talked about seeing glyphs. Then he, years later, he came out and said he had a binary download. Now, the, what I basically I've always remembered is getting close to lights. Now I have under hypnosis called it an object. And when I've tried to describe it, I, there was possibly 
a little bit of a um, within the lights, maybe a shadow or something. But I, it was never like, oh, it's an aircraft, oh, it's this or it's that. It was more like lights, you know. And and the picture I drew in my statement showed that. I mean, so it was lights to me, you know. I could and I couldn't identify what they were. Any sound associated with it? Uh, any? No, not that. No, not like that, that I. Not that I recall. No, there was no sound or anything. How long were you in the forest with the with the lights? It was brief. I mean, it was like we we were get, trying to get to it, so it started around three, um, and that's been a discrepancy too, including when the halt memo came out. This official memo that he did to the MOD had the wrong dates and jumbled everything together. Then. Different people have said different times. Penniston's flipped back and forth between three in the morning and midnight. When it was three, our statements confirm it was three. So between three and three thirty, we 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 got everything together, started out, and then between three thirty and four, there that's roughly when we when we were proceeding towards it, and had some kind of close encounter, and then it gets it gets crazy because we were back. By five or around five, back from chasing it. Yet, the amount of area we covered to get where we were and back doesn't add up to the time it would have taken. And so, there's some problems with memory or discussions with people or matters of perception by different people. Yeah, and and if you go in the condine itself, the project condine that got declassified and released years later. They admit that when you have an interaction with something like this, like this type of phenomenon, you will have discrepancies in perception, discrepancies in memory issues and everything else. It can affect you and your mind. And they understand that. They understood that far, far enough that the frequencies or whatever this was would create those kind of problems with witnesses. So you get back to the base. Um you debriefed at that moment. Did you uh, file any kind of report, make it in the police log or whatever? Or we, what, what we exactly came happened? back. We came back. Relief was late that day. I assume that was because they were getting briefed, you know. So we were. It was exceptionally late that morning. Got back, turned in, saw the shift commander, gave him a quick rundown on what took place. He um. He felt. You like he knew we something went on, and then we ended up going back out to the area before we headed home. And found what? There, there. The pictures have come out. They showed indentations in the ground, a triangular indentation in the ground, and stuff like that. Okay. And damage to the trees, tree limbs that been knocked down on the forest and stuff like that. They clearly they found an area where in the area where we were, where there appeared to be some damage to that in that area which would you know verify that something took place in that area where we were so you went home that next night there was additional activity in the forest a different group was involved a different person was involved a different uh what trans do you, do you know what transpired that second night and who was involved well that's the funny thing none of that came out uh, oh, for the years, Halt sat on it too, or said he knew about it and sat on it. Um, I happened to wake up early Saturday morning because we worked Thursday night and Friday. We were on break for all Friday, Saturday, Sunday, went back Monday, swing shift. But Saturday morning, around four in the morning, I woke up and felt like 
I don't, I can't explain it other than I just felt like something else may have gone on and whatever else, had come, whatever we dealt with may have come back. Got up and went up on the base, got up on the desk before midnight shift got over and the guest sergeant greeted me with this big smirky smile. Your friends were back. And I'm looking at him like, what? He goes, yeah, we had an incident last night. Shift command, they saw some strange lights. Shift commander went out, had an encounter. It um, freaked her out. She actually got relieved of duty. So, and over the years, we've had a lot of little pieces fit in where one guy claims that she went out there and on the way, it encountered her. A blue light went through her vehicle, which is what the desk sergeant told me. Shut her vehicle down and she got out. Now he claims, and this is, I'm just saying, one person, no one else has backed that up, that she actually took a couple shots at it. Um, uh, a couple other people have come forward and picked up the radio transmissions because the security flight chief went out there after she started having her encounters. But most everybody agrees, including Halt, that she was relieved of duty. And it went further. She was removed from the base almost immediately where they took her off the base and sent her somewhere else. Well, wouldn't there be an accounting of the number of rounds? I mean, when you check in your weapons, do they count the rounds? Do they check to see if the weapon has been fired at all? Um. What was your job in the Air Force? I was an intelligence officer. Okay. Have you? Did you ever experience things where where certain things happened and things were covered up? Uh, not not to this extent. No, I did not. I, well, here's I an mean, opportunity for me. yeah, really uh, the, storage, the, the thing was is I can't say I wasn't even on duty that she actually squeezed off a couple of rounds. The internet can be a goldmine for identity themes. Hey, big score? Six pack of passports. You? A couple social security numbers. Ah, uh, well, beats real work, right? <laughs> <laughs> it can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com aware. Identity theft protection starts here. Love getting prices that are lower than low on food that's fresher than fresh? Then shop at Kroger. We give you more ways to save on the fresh you love with tools like the Kroger app, where you can find personalized coupons on top of weekly sales, giving you prices that are lower than the everyday low. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It's the big $10 sale. So mix and match and get two, three, four, five, or even 10 for $10 with your card. So many great deals. Kroger, fresh for everyone. But ultimately, if no one was hit, no one was injured, and the chain of command got briefed on it, they could very well have just covered up the two rounds. Well, I, I mean, if no, nobody was injured, if no, no damage was done, if I, it, not much of a cover-up. No, it's not. But other than we were off base, supposedly. And I say this all allegedly because this is some of the pieces that have been filled got in. It. Right. Got and, it. And the thing is, is that the things that I've heard – I can't prove them, but the people that have told me that you can't really discredit, you know, discount them because they're pretty reliable people. You know what I mean? The biggest thing was, is no one has ever said there was rounds fired off at one person, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. But what I can tell you is this, she was gone. Yeah. That, so whatever would happened out there. And then there were some rumors that some other stuff happened in a day or two afterwards with some stuff that went on when they were interviewing her and all that. She was removed from the base. That's a fact. So okay. something went on strange with that whole her event. Do you understand what I mean? Absolutely. So the next day, Holt's involved. 
Yeah, and that was weird because when I found out about it, I was off. I went over to the, the dining hall, had some breakfast, and went to the dorm, found a couple of the guys I was working with on flight and said, you're not going to believe this crap. Something happened again. So we decided on our own because we had no idea what was going on. We were off. So there's no big conspiracy. Like some people said, they were in the loop. This People were going, talking. Not to say it wasn't being talked about at all, but the bottom line was we went out Wait, there. Let's, the let's get a timeline here because you say you were off duty and you were in the mess hall. The dining hall, I'm sorry. Air Force had dining halls. Yeah. The Army now has defects, by the way, as dining facility, for those of you who are keeping score at home. Uh, but Halt went out there after midnight on what? Well, actually, it looks like he went out there before midnight, around 9 or 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock okay. at night, on that Saturday okay. night. And we went out, and this is what I remember, but other people remember that the three of us went to guard mount and then went out, and we assisted with stuff. What I remember simply was... We all got, the three of us got together, we hung out all day, and then we went out there because the one guy had a car, and I remember going through the front gate, and the guy stopped us and saw us and said, hey, you're not going to believe this stuff going out in the woods again. And we're like, cool, we went down to the East Gate, it was open. Now, the guy I was good friends with over there, Duck Rhodes, confirms that I was down at the gate with him, and then from the gate, then the three of us moved forward. Now, that's what I remember, but the Holt, other guy that Holt, I was with... Holt said let me let me interrupt here. Halt said that um, you requested permission to join him out there, and he denied it, but you went out anyway. Well, that's not totally factual because at least he finally admitted that. And you know why, Kevin? Because you gave me the tape that made him start opening up a few years ago. You know, he was denying well, the, completely the tape, that I was the tape, that, the tape that he said on that tape. He says he he's he's arguing with he should remain nameless, Larry Warren. Um, and Warren is, I guess, implying that he was up front with everybody. And Halt says, no, there was nobody in front of me except Burroughs, and I forget the other guy's name. Adrian Bestenza. Okay, okay. So in that in that respect, he said you were there, you were in front of him. Uh, when he was on the program a couple of weeks ago, he said, well, no, you had called in, and he told you not to come out, but you'd come out anyway. Right, and see, that's the thing. What I can tell you, that's my biggest discrepancy with Colonel Hall. And, 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 the fact, and the other fact is that he likes to take pot shots at everybody, including Adrian and I. And he tries to destroy our credibility and our integrity. And the thing is, is this. Okay. And it got caught early on because Georgina Bruni got a copy of the tape, got it cleaned up. And right on the tape, it says, a guy calls to to the team and says, we have Emerald Burroughs and two other personnel at our location requesting to come out to, to your the location. And Ball comes back on, not Hall, and says, negative, not at this time. We'll let them know when they could come out. Okay, okay let, me, let me interrupt you here. Got to take a break. Hate to do All it, right. but okay. we need to. I'm here with John Burroughs. We're talking Rendlesham Forest. I think we're getting into some of the details of what happened and how he got out there on the on the third night we will be back right after this but remember take a look at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com i'll have more information up and if uh the mood moves you take a look at some of the other fine programs on the uh, uh x-zone broadcast network that's xzbn.net uh, i think you'll find some very interesting programs there we'll be back right after this with john burroughs
you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation, keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. I am joined by John Burroughs. We're talking Bentwaters. We now got to the third night with Charles Holt, uh, I guess, made his tape and uh, wrote about it uh, that kind of started part of the uh, release of the information. Uh, you were out there with uh, with Halt approaching. Again, was it just lights that you saw? Did you see any kind of craft or anything else? The third night, I up until right before I met with this team, I, we didn't really see anything. We were We were held. What I remember was we were at the gate. Then we went down to a staging area. And when we were at the staging area, that's when the radio transmission came out to meet up with them. And right before, and this is where this all kinds of adds up, where Halt said there's a beam of light beaming down at his feet and stuff. What it kind of coordinates was that then shot away. It What we had happened to us in the staging area was this light shot like over the top of the trees where we were right at us, zoomed by us. We, they had some light all set up behind us where we were standing a little bit further away from the light offs. As it shot by, and there was a truck back there, um, it shot by through the truck, and the light offs that weren't working properly went on and off, and then it shot back up into the sky. So this isn't some kind of a solid craft, then, or object. This is balls of light. Right. Ball, if you listen to Matt Sergeant Ball, he did an interview early on CNN, did a, a piece, and he saw the same blue lights and stuff. And if you listen to Halt, he never talks about ever seeing a craft either. He just had encounters with light, unexplained lights. And even that was the one thing about the memo that was somewhat true 
was and not misleading was he basically just called it unknown lights or whatever. I mean, he had the dates wrong and everything else wrong, which was immediately the very first thing that ever broke on this story was wrong. And there's a whole story behind that and CNN that I was involved with and everything. But ultimately where we were when we went on break was halt, let us come out. And we met up with the team. Okay. And when we met up with the team after those lights shot over us, okay, there's confirming documentation that supports this. Okay. And there's a break in the tape between about three 30 and four. Okay. And the thing was at zero three twenty, Nick Redfern did a FOIA through the MOD or through the British government. And they admitted it at zero three twenty, zero three twenty five. I don't have the doc in front of me right now, but it's there that, that the Ben Waters command post called Eastern radar and won a confirmation of anything over the area because they were reporting a UFO incident. So we got up with, I got up with Halt and Halt sent Adrian and I forward. And that is what he's been trying to cover up forever. And like you said, he just walked back a lot of what he said over the, well, the last year or so, and even in his own book. And it, and he still, for whatever reason, doesn't want the part that happened, what happened with Adrian and I going forward. And what, what happened? Well, that's where all this stuff comes up with Warren and all this other stuff that's interesting. Because one of the things that happened when CNN jumped into this they were caught off guard somewhat by this as far as they the being the air force right the air force public affairs told chuck DeCaro that it was me describing the stuff that warren was describing and that i was disgruntled and they well, come wait, back wait, and find wait, out wait wait, wait 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 warren was warren there was warren out i never field? saw warren there but I've never, ever tried to say 100% he wasn't there because it wasn't my flight working, and I didn't know who Warren was, okay? Okay, so, so um, with Warren, Warren is telling, telling this tale, but he's apparently picked it up from other people. He was. I think he got a lot of what Adrian described to him, and that's what his story was. Now, the other interesting thing about Warren, since we brought him up, and I'll break it, make it brief, if you read his own book, he couldn't have been there that night. Because according to his own book, he was returning from Germany. And that was based on the date it happened. Now, that's where it gets interesting in a lot of things, because even Pettis' notebook that showed up a few years later had a different date. That date was the memo, and so was Warren's account of when all this happened. So they were basing it off a memo that had the wrong dates in the first place. But So, so we can discount Warren. The only thing he did was... Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Because he kind of blabbed to people about uh, these events at Bentwaters and got um, 
uh, Barry Greenwood and Larry Fawcett interested in it. And, and Peter Robbins. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So um, you're out there. You didn't see an object. You're talking about lights. Uh, you go back to the base. Well, let me, let me finish. Let me, this is where I think what Hall tried to cover up. Okay. Oh. And he would have had to seen this. Okay. And this is where it gets really weird. And this is where I think I was probably most likely injured too, based on the account of Vistenza and what he saw. And um, it went like this. Adrian and I went forward. Okay. Whatever. We saw something in the distance that came down, down into the tree line. We went through this. We started going through the field. This, whatever it was, this light, this hue, orangish light hue, and some blue lights in it started moving towards us. I called on the radio to the tower that it was approaching us, and do we have permission to make contact? And the tower said, go for it. Adrian and I were running together. Adrian was to my right and went down to the ground. Now, Adrian has said something shoved him to the ground and held him to the ground. But as he went down to the ground, the light, he says, came over the top of me. Part of his hand and body also went into the light, but he said he saw me go in and disappear. Like it, The best way he could describe it was like what you see in Star Trek when they beam people up and out and back. You know what I mean? Yes. He said I phased away and then eventually phased back. How now, what I remember was getting close to the light, and then all of a sudden it was gone, and I turned around and I saw him on the ground. Did he give you any kind of idea how long you had been disappeared? No, we never, you know, that's funny. It's never, ever really been talked about. Uh, was it five minutes, 10 minutes? We've never really talked about how long it was. Well, what I, what I was speeding along for, because we we're going to run out of time here much more quickly than I wanted to, um, was that uh, you were, and, and the rest of the enlisted personnel were debriefed by an aircraft, that, uh, by personnel, not the aircraft, but by personnel that came from Langley Air Force Base. Is this correct? Well, crews came in, the C-5 came in Sunday night from Langley. They had helicopters in their own security. There was stuff going on in the forest. Um, how much time do we have before break? Uh, about five uh, the four minutes but okay. let me let me let me clarify one thing when you say langley do you mean cia or do you mean langley air force Base? Is at it the air time force no one knew no one knew but the tell number was from langley later we've learned that most likely the cia the nsa and the dia were all involved in this okay so the deep state makes his ugly appearance in this point right and but the funny thing is is you get mixed um uh, signals on why one of the things that was briefed to me later that I've got, I actually talked to one of the OSI agents who was involved in the whole thing. I had a correspondent back and forth with him. And another CIA guy came up that everyone that says you hear his name will go, boo, Richard Doty contacted me. But he had an event right prior to our event down at Kirkland. And he was involved with that. And his story was they brought him in to review our report, which confirms there was a report to including the OSI guy that was involved that Hulk confirmed this guy was there and he was friends with the guy. Okay. Was that they came in because they were picking up there. There was a lot of different technology there, which hopefully we can cover the last 10 or 15 minutes where you've asked me what I believe was ET or whatever. And I can go into some of the stuff that's been uncovered. But anyway, um, they were picking up these anomaly signals and then crazy things were happening just like with us. So what supposedly happened was, and one of the things that Doty knew about, which no one talked about and never got out up until he 
I saw the the whole thing from the OSI guy who confirmed what Dodie was telling me, which I already knew, was a Russian intel guy got caught during our whole thing that was going on over the three or four day period that this all was going on, a five day period. So they caught a Russian intel guy in the area of the forest. Okay, but they were getting these anomalies. So CIA would have come in because they were they were concerned it may have been Russians because they'd already had Cobra Mist there. And it had been shut down, and they'd spent a lot of money. Cobra Mist. What that is Cobra Mist? Hor- that was over Horizon Radar that it was there. That it got shut down because of an anomaly coming from inside inland that they could never figure out. One of the speculations was it was something to do with the Russians. Now, the CIA came in because of all this stuff going on, and they were they were looking to see if it was Russian stuff. The NSA was called in to investigate the uh, the the signal the anomaly to see if they could figure out what it was. And obviously the DIA, because you know what the DIA does. Okay. So these guys came in because they weren't even sure allegedly is what the OSI guy said. And the Doty said, now the OSI guy said, yes, we were all interrogated. And yes, we also all had hypnosis used on this. Uh, just hypnosis or was it a chemical regression as well? They they, they, they they claimed, this is what they claimed, and they got really squirrely when I started asking more questions, and they cut it off because I was going to try to meet with this guy face-to-face, was they claimed the hypnosis was only used to see if we could remember what we encountered because they were trying to figure it out. There was no chemical and there was no interrogation-type hypnosis, even though if you found out people have done research, they actually had that, that it was inside their doctrine that they could use that type of uh, uh, hypnosis, interrogation hypnosis at that time in history. So people have done some research and found documents supporting that, but they claim it was simply hypnosis trying to put us under to figure out what we really saw, what we were involved with. Okay. We're going to take our last break here, unfortunately. Uh, When we come back, I want to know uh, how long it was from from the events before the – CIA and the Langley uh, Air Force Base plane arrived. Uh, get some kind of a time frame there. I am here with John Burroughs. We're talking about Bentwaters. We're getting into some uh, interesting aspects of it, including, I guess, uh, an appearance of the deep state involved in that. Uh, once again, take a look at my blog at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Take a look at xzbn.net um, and take a look at the program's Uh, offered uh, on the network uh, because there's some really good stuff uh, being broadcast there. We will be back right after this, so stick around. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. 
Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD, a $40 value, for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I.net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking. I'm with John Burroughs. We're talking Rendlesham Forest. We're talking Bent Waters. Uh, when we went away, uh, we had just touched on the aircraft from Langley. Uh, 
And the question is, how long after the events with Halt and that took place did the aircraft from Langley arrive? Came in Sunday night. And that would have been the next well, day? 24 hours after um, the whole thing went down. And everybody who was involved in this was debriefed by the people on the airplane? Unknown. I, I, I've always stated, I've always only been able to tell you what I remember, and I've never tried to add to it. I only remember Ryan's statement, seeing Halt, Conrad, and then Williams. And I was there, said very little because Penniston was with me and so was Kabansack. Penniston was the NCO that was involved and he did most of the talking and and I was, that was it. But other people have claimed they, that, that I was taken in and I was interrogated. In fact, the OSI guy said I was, but I don't remember any of that. Holt, so Holt has always said that um, he avoided this interrogation. Well, Kevin, uh, you were intel, okay? And, you know, you don't you want to hesitate calling somebody a liar, but ultimately it's one of two things. Are you going to tell me that this guy was out in the forest, had all this strange thing happen, did a tape, and no one debriefed him, nobody talked to him about it, okay? I, I find that hard to believe that he just strolled back, told Williams about a tape, and that was it, okay? Or he really wasn't debriefed because he was involved in the whole thing. You understand what I mean? Immediately. Absolutely. He was immediately brought into it, read in, or knew kind of what was going on prior to even going out there and was just involved in the whole thing from the beginning to the end. And he's been covering this whole time on certain things. You know what I mean? He uh, He's so, never wanted the, the real truth to come out, and he's kept that bottled up. And he's so kept people at each other's throats over the years, too. So You're suggesting that, that um, the enlisted personnel were – debriefed under under hypnosis at least but halt avoided that um, part of the debriefing he claims he did i like i told you my scenario well, is either that's, he didn't that's, and he doesn't remember just like a lot of other people don't remember everything and he was debriefed or he was brought in either was already in or brought in immediately afterwards okay the the next question is simply you had mentioned to me when we talked uh, a couple of weeks ago that there was some sort of research facility in the area, the, a British government research facility that might was, have had something to do with this. Right. There was all kinds of things going on um, in the area at the time. After Cobra Mist shut down, they and, – and in fact, the brief history because we don't have a lot of time. Radar was developed there, but it was developed there. They were working on the death ray, and they stumbled across radar. So they were working on radar. A Marconi was involved there, and there was a Marlstrom Heath. It was a joint British-American facility, and they were doing research on Star Wars, lasers and Star Wars. They were doing research on drones, and they were doing research on other uh, type of technology. On top of the fact that Radar Bowsey was there with certain equipment and, and technology that they were working on, okay, to include the actual lighthouse itself, which is funny, Right after the event happened, one of the first cover stories was that the lighthouse was what we saw. But in actuality, they were using it tied in with some of the uh, radar equipment, the Black Beacon radar facility and EFL extreme low frequencies equipment and stuff like that. They were using all that to conduct testing and stuff for different types of technology like shielding, 
you know, radar uh, technology as far as detecting stuff, missiles and everything else, and optical imaging techniques and lasers themselves. And wouldn't, that's kind of what I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, wouldn't wouldn't this all suggest maybe a terrestrial explanation for the events at the in the forest as opposed to uh, something alien? Well, what I wanted to say was this. OK, a couple things. Number one, you have the fact that when I went out there and walked out of that event, I, I in my mind, I felt there was no way possible it could be anything else other than somewhere else you know what i mean you're saying uh, you when you right after the events took place you thought it was alien you thought it was i thought it was something and that would be one of the possibilities right where we don't have this type of ability we don't have this kind of technology i had no need to know anything about that i had no idea what the facilities were out there and what they were it was only years later when we started finding declassified documents and technology reports and everything else that you started putting this all together so it's even like with tic tac today people say well there's no way what they saw on radar could have been our stuff how do you know i mean stuff that we have on r d and everything else usually has been on a drawing board for 10 or 20 years before it even makes the light of day and starts getting tested and then it's another 10 years before it becomes operational it was just like the stealth fighter f-117 was being worked on in 1960s you know what i mean well, I what I what I always use to explain that is the SR seventy one is nineteen fifties technology, and yet there's very little that can touch it today. I mean, it's just an incredible leap of te- technological right. science there. So yeah, uh, what they were working on there uh, maybe was quite extraordinary. It well, that's just it. Now, one of the things that came up very early on. They got poo-pooed over real fast, but there was an article written and there was an officer that came forward and talked about it was, and there's, is, there's again, stuff being talked about a Russian satellite being brought down. Well, guess what? This major came forward. There's an interview that was done and it was printed. It's out there, a guy by a researcher by the name of Ben Jamison. And he said, we brought down a Russian satellite during all this going on. And they were using that technology there to track it and bring it down. Well, those blue lights that Halt saw believe it or not, could have been very well lasers and tracking plasmas. Now, here's where it gets really interesting when you get into Project Condine and this anomaly. And in the report, the guy that wrote it was a Marconi engineer, had been in the RAF, and I just recently did some more research and found out he may have been one of the pilots that was involved in the 1950 incident at Bentwaters, and then he became a consultant for the MOD, which it's funny because they, they talk out of both sides of the mouth. The one-minute reports say they weren't investigating it, but he was on staff as a consultant to review any kind of UFO stuff. So, in fact, if they weren't investigating, why would you have a contractor on staff that's an engineer to, you know, to review these reports and to, to track this technology? Now, you go to this simple thing. There's an anomaly there. Andrew Pike, who wrote a good book about some of the stuff, plasmas, technology, and everything else, it's been republished again. It's back out and available. He was doing an investigation in the area at the time the event happened about an anomaly that's there and these plasmas and everything else. And if you cross-reference Condine, his work, and everything else, you'll see very clearly that there is some kind of phenomenon that they may know a lot more about now since 1980 that's there that they can use for stealth, radar, all kinds of things that traces into even up to zero-point energy. 
So you're suggesting that there may be some kind of an anomaly that is historical in the area and they somehow detected it and were working to discover more about it? Yeah, they were doing tests on it because Pike said they were. And they were also looking, it's an energy source, but they also may have brought a Russian satellite down at the same time, which is interesting because Halt did say early on in the timeline that, that if this ever got out, it would be an international incident. So rather than being extraterrestrial, we're now talking about some kind of a terrestrially based anomaly that's... Well, little... here's where it gets really interesting because you, you, I know Edgar Mitchell, I met him and I've talked to him. Now, before he died, I had a conversation with him, and he told me this, two things. I pressed him on it because he did the typical dance around stuff, but towards the end of the conversation, I, I just was very blunt with him, and I said, look, Edgar, two things. Project Condine, is it real? Because it says in Condine that they, they used astronauts to study this and work on this. I said, is it real? Yes. I go, did we have an encounter with the UAP? Yes, yes, that's what you encountered in the forest. Did, is that what a lot of what's going on in the world, is that what, what, what it is? What's in Condine, a lot of it's still classified. Is, is it like a UAP type of energy or whatever? Yes. By UAP, you mean uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon as opposed right. to a UFO. Well, they changed the you know, terminology, but basically it's some kind of energy or light or something that even in Condine says it's intelligent based. So the big question is, and if you go to these DIA papers that were released, which is interesting in itself, when I got my settlement, McCain was involved. As soon as that took place, right away, some of the people that were involved inside trying to help me get my settlement went to his committee and were starting to try to get funding for their technology that they wanted to continue with. Where it stands, I don't know. I'm not privy to that. But they went to his, to his committee, and part of what was released to his committee was 15 DIA brief papers that included zero-point energy. Well, we're going to have to stop right there. I'm out of time. Can't help it. <laughs> uh, John, thank you so much for taking time with us this afternoon. Appreciate the information you've given given us and uh, how you've clarified some of the problems we've had with understanding what happened at uh, Rendlesham or in the Rendlesham Forest and Bentwaters back in 1980. So uh, we'll have to do it again pretty soon. Sounds good. And hopefully we're going to put together a project this year and we're going to be able to show we're going to recreate what we think happened and how. And that's an interesting thing as we close the show. Conrad once said that if the money was there and the technology was there, maybe we could show what it was. We're going to try to work on that this year, hopefully well, next year, and get it out towards the end of 2020. Again, thank you very much, John. As I say, if you are interested in the Roswell case, take a look at Roswell in the 21st century. I think it gives a different take on the book or on the, uh, the case at Roswell. Take a look at Encounters in the Desert. That's about the Lonnie Zamora sighting. And I think we've uh, found some interesting documents in the Project Blue Book files that uh, hadn't seen the light of day and give us a better idea of what was going on. Um, thanks uh, for listening to A Different Perspective and we'll return uh, very soon.